just because you haven't got the money doesn't mean that other people don't have the money and I do feel that as long as you're passionate as long as you know where you're going you know people will invest in you as well so welcome to the Brave Bold Brilliant podcast I'm here today this is a very unique episode actually because we are a trio so we have Amy Price who is the director and founder of Social Butterfly Marketing Hello. nice to see you Amy and we've also got Gemma Casey who is the ecosystem manager for Wales at NatWest welcome Gemma <laughs> Fantastic. So listen, we're, we're really interested. We're going to be talking around the Prince's Trust, NatWest, how both those organizations have helped Amy in particular, but also sort of the journey of being in business as a woman, as an individual, as a leader and everything in between. So... Before we get going, let's just do a little bit of an intro for each of you. So, Gemma. Thanks, Jeanette. Um, so, yeah, my title, Ecosystem Manager for Wales, um, is it doesn't really give away what I do, does it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, basically what I do is I look after NatWest support for small and medium-sized businesses across Wales. So we have loads on offer, aside from what you would expect uh, the biggest bank for business to, to do in terms of financial support. Uh, we also have loads of non-financial support. So we run regular free events for business founders uh, across Wales, and they are open to everybody, not just NatWest customers. Uh, we have, um, I have a colleague who's a local enterprise manager who can do one-to-one -one, um, conversations with business founders to help signpost them to all the brilliant support that is around Wales, including from the Prince's Trust. And then we have our flagship program of support, which is the NatWest Accelerator Programme. And Accelerator is a six-month fully funded programme of support for businesses who are already trading but are ready for the next step on their growth journey. And that programme involves one-to-one -one business coaching, a full suite of workshops where we really address the pain points we know that founders will typically come across as they grow in a business. Uh, it, includes, it includes use of our fabulous co-working spaces as well. But for me, where the magic really happens, and I'm sure we'll talk about this with Amy, is in the community that come together on that accelerator program and the peer-to-peer -peer support that the founders feel. So my role sort of encompasses looking after all of that. Uh, and in terms of the link between NatWest and the Prince's Trust, so NatWest on a national level has worked really closely with the Prince's Trust for more than 20 years, um, supporting the Prince's Trust Enterprise Programme. And we, through that partnership, we've supported more than 9,000 young people through that program over those years. And in fact, we've developed that in 2023 because one of the things that we could see was that lots of young people who were going through the enterprise program and getting first-class support with their business ideas, they were rolling off that program, but they didn't have access to money to test trade their ideas. So in 2023, we established a grant program where we have helped over 300 young people with a small grant to help them test trade their business idea. So in partnership, we're really supporting those young people to move their business dream to the next stage. That's fantastic. We are sharing a mic here for anyone that's watching this on YouTube, but it's all good. This is how we roll around here. So <laughs> thank you, Gemma. That's great. I mean, there's a lot in there, isn't there, in terms of how you support businesses and the longevity. So Amy, before we get into your journey and kind of mm -hmm. how you started the business and all of that good stuff, can you just explain what social butterfly marketing is all about as a business and how you help the clients that you've got? Yes. Yeah, so um, the social butterfly marketing is a marketing agency and we are supporting businesses throughout Wales um, with all types of marketing. So we have three different um, teams. We've got a digital team which does websites and digital ads, paid ads. We've got social media management where obviously it says what it does on the tin on that one. Um, and then we've got craft design and print. So it's a 360 uh, marketing approach. Um, I think our clients really love it because they get to come to one person and we sort it all out for them um, instead of them going everywhere else. Um, but yeah, you know, we've been going seven years now and um, yeah. Joy. It's an absolute joy. 
Fantastic. So I love this one-stop shop idea, mm. right? That you're you're there to to just take the pain away, really, and and, and yeah. help your clients. You know, you, you you solve the problem for them um, yeah. in in the way that you do. But you know, your idea for the business and starting the business had quite a run-up because I know before we press record, you were you were sharing some of the more personal situation that <laughs> yeah. you were facing, which kind yeah. of led into starting the business. So if it's okay, because we we want to keep it real, right? We it's yeah. important that as business owners, as leaders, that you know. Life isn't always easy and we have highs and lows. Mm. So, yeah, if you don't mind just sharing your a bit of your personal journey in terms of yeah. where you were before you actually started the business, that'd be great. Yeah, so I was in a work in poverty um, before I uh, started the business. I was very young, um, so I was 21 um, officially when I started the business. Um, and basically what, what had happened through personal circumstance is that I was really struggling, not just financially, but mentally. I was living on my own um, and I couldn't actually sustain a nine to five job at that time because I was so sort of anxious and depressed over my financial situation and everything else that was going on. Um, yeah, so, you know, it was, it was, it was a very tough situation. Um, my credit score was to the absolute floor. Um, I couldn't even get, I remember I couldn't even get a, like a, an internet broadband uh, provider to, uh, it was, it was bad. So, um, you know, I was job jumping a lot just to see what I was going to, um, how I was going to help. And actually, and Gemma doesn't know this, but I was working part-time in a gym and I actually met um, Julia, one of Nat West uh, colleagues who was running the Accelerator now. Um, I actually met her at a, a pop-up event. Um, and life wasn't exactly great, but um, yeah, so I had the idea um, and I kind of just thought, well, I've, I, at this stage, I literally have nothing, nothing to lose. So why not? You know, why not give it a go? Um, and that's what I kind of did. And the idea for the business, where did that come from, the inspiration? And also, I'm interested in the name because, you know, Social Butterfly, it's got a nice ring about it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, where, where was the catalyst for, for the actual sort of business idea then? Very accidental. So when I went on the Princess Trust course, because um, I did the Enterprise course, I actually wanted to open a spin studio. Wales is only DJ-led spin studio. And I remember Lee from NatWare saying to me, well, you're going to need £50,000 before you've even begun. because we And I was like, well, I can't even get a pound right now, so I don't know how I'm going to do this. So that was that was dead in the water before, before I had a chance. Um, but my friend, um, I had just done a, a charity ride, um, and one of the guys owned an estate agent, and he's now one of my really good friends. He had an estate agent, and at the time I was using Facebook, you know, back in 2015-14, it was kind of like Facebook was the... And I thought, well, why aren't you on there with your business? And he said, and I said, oh, well, I'll do this because obviously I needed money. If you give me 75 quid, I'll do it for you. And he said, yeah. So I was like, great. So that was my first taste of like doing work, not for an employer and getting paid. And I was like, people can do this. Is this legal? I remember thinking like, what? So then I thought, well, hang on. If you need that. And then he asked me for business cards. And I was like, yeah. I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Um, but I remember I was thinking, right, I can find someone who can do this and I can add like, a, I think it was, I added like £5.50 on or something. But to me, that was like, this is great. Um, so, and then I thought, well, okay. And then I remember going into Neath where I lived at the time and I went into a bar, confidence as what could be. I'd only been doing the social media for two weeks by this point for this, this guy. And I went into the bar and I was like, right, I can do your social media for you. Maybe I'd a wine or two. But I was so <laughs> confident. I was like, I can do this. And they said, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this is like, this is actually kind of crazy. So I remember ringing my dad and saying, dad, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. And he said, is that legal? I said, yeah, I think it is. Um, cause, you know, nobody, by then, like the word entrepreneurship, I couldn't even say, let alone know what it was. And self-employment wasn't a thing. So I was like, wow. Um, and Social Butterfly, the name, um, I, I mentioned that, I you know, I was going through a lot of tough times and I was uh, actually walking a lot. I was doing a lot of walking outdoors um, at that time because that's what they say to do. And if, you, if you're going through tough times, go for a walk, you know, solve your problems by walking. And um, I'm walking through the woods and my favourite things are butterflies. And I saw a butterfly and I thought it's a bit cheesy, the story, but it's true. Um, and I thought, hmm social butterfly and then oh my god my brain went into this like creative space of like I know exactly how I want it to look I know exactly how I want it to do and one of the the things that people don't know is on our logo it's a fingerprint uh so it's actually my fingerprint 
um, digitized into the butterfly. So that's basically my stamp on my business. Um, and yeah, so that's how it kind of grew into what it is now. Oh, I love that, you know, and it just shows, doesn't it, that you don't always have to have a master plan, right? Because I, I mean, I love a plan. I love a spreadsheet. I love having a vision and a purpose and all of that good stuff. So I, I'm a big advocate for that. But actually, sometimes you just need to start, start something small and it can grow organically, think, which is kind of how the business started for you, really, wasn't it? Oh, 100%. I think a lot of people sit on their ideas until they've perfected this business plan and perfected. And I've never been like that. And I maybe, sh I have started to be a little bit more like that obviously as we go in a little bit bigger now and things are getting a bit more serious but uh, in the beginning it's just get out there and do it stop talking about it don't tell anyone about it just go out there you know because I remember my friends and family were grilling me about you know well, how is this going to work and how is that going to work and uh, I got to the stage where I could answer their questions and I just thought you know what you'll never do that. I'm going to do this so I just went out there and, and did it and by god it kind of worked yeah fantastic you know? and and you, you touched on earlier that you you know you obviously so your clients your customers are based mainly in Wales mm -hmm. yeah um, are they typically sort of smaller small or mid-sized businesses what kind of sectors do you cover yeah so we um the way that it is set up is in the beginning I was saying yes to everything as you do because I needed the money and I needed to pay my bills so yes 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 now we're more focused on medium to larger size businesses the only reason for that is because of budgets um obviously if I'm going to work on your business I want you to be able to have the best you know options and opportunities and for that you need a bit of budget so we have moved into more medium to larger size business and a lot of consulting um yeah so that's probably where we're at in terms of industry we work with every sector you can possibly every industry every sector you can possibly think of we've touched upon and the, how we've been able to do that because people are like oh well you don't have any experience in that sector is I hire a lot of freelancers who have industry experience with that specific business niche um, and that's how basically we can we can afford to work with so many people yeah. yeah, and and you know the freelancer point. I'm going to hand to Gemma in a minute to talk about mm. funding and finance and mm. and those really important things. You know, cash is so important cash in a business. Is king. Cash, cash is... is always king. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to hand to Gemma shortly. But you know, you make a very important point actually around when you're starting a business and scaling a business. Sometimes everyone thinks you have to do it in a certain way, and you don't always have to. You can be more creative and and the, using freelancers where you know they're self-employed. They're not. You've not got all of the on costs mm. of you know national insurance and everything else yeah. you're, still, you're still treating your people well yeah. but it's a very different approach so do you want to just expand on that and how important that has been to allow you to grow and scale up yeah I, I I'll tell you about a funny story actually because I remember they had a massive um uh, for the region networking event and it was I think it was uh, like 200 pound or something for a stall and I could not afford a stall but I wanted to be there and I thought well if I, I'm going there anyway and I remember being in Home Bargains and seeing a pair of butterfly wings. And I asked the girls, I said, some of my friends, I said, right, if I buy these wings, will you walk in this building where there's going to be, you know, the council leader, et cetera, with these massive pair of wings? I said, because I literally I can afford the wings. I just can't afford the stall. And um, they were like, yeah, yeah, we did it. So we walked into this networking stall thing and we were, f and we were, massive wings on our back barging into everyone but everyone was asking us who are we where are we from oh well I'll tell you where we're from we're the social butterfly here's our card this is what we do and you know that probably put us on the map going forward but we didn't spend a, I spent literally seven pound on that so it's about getting creative if you need to be somewhere you want to be somewhere then do it with the freelancers um, because of the situation that I was in, I couldn't afford to take these massive financial risks. Um, and so the freelancers, as you said there, and I still use freelancers now, that's my model, that's how I'll always do it. But, you know, the national insurance, and that can actually flow a lot of businesses if you haven't got the work coming in. So it's nice for us because, you know, if we get a client, they're on board, great. If they ever want to leave, it's, it's also okay, we, we know, because we don't have to fill that gap for the freelancers. Um, and our freelancers get the opportunity to work with us and for others. So it's actually like a win-win. 
I love her story about the butterfly wings. Yeah, I got a photo of it as well. Oh, superb. Um, uh, Yeah, and I love the idea of just being creative Mm. as well. That's so important. Um, Going back to money, because, you know, that story fundamentally is about how you couldn't afford the thing you thought you needed in in the moment, but you worked around it and it worked really well. So we know that, you know, research tells us, and and my personal experience of working with lots of founders as well, um, tells us that, the, the, the number one barrier that people think that they have when they're starting a business is access to finance and funding. So that comes up time and time again as the biggest thing stopping people from starting a business. But you've already told us that you couldn't access any finance or funding um, and you had to start um, literally kind of hand to mouth. Mm. Uh, has that changed at all? Have you uh, accessed any finance or funding as you've grown the business? Yeah. Um, and I know you've started a new business recently. So have, has that yeah. been a different approach? Um, I've always been very, I think because of where, of my background with finance, you know, and obviously my, my relationship with money. And I think that's a big one is everyone has their own individual relationships with money. You're either very confident personally with money or you're not. Um, I think over the years I've gotten more confident but I still feel very fearful of of money and risk Um, and that's because obviously it was a a, you know can I pay my rent or am I going to be on the streets that's how bad it was for me so I think that in the beginning I thought that I needed and I you know I thought that I needed money for a website money I didn't I absolutely I did not now it's different I'm in a service-led industry now if you've got a product then of course you know and you want to test and you are going to need some type of money however just because you haven't got the money doesn't mean that other people don't have the money. And it doesn't, it doesn't, as I, I do feel that as long as you're passionate, as long as you know where you're going, you know, people will invest in you as well. And it doesn't have to be the normal way. So um, my relationship with finance has changed. Uh, we took, obviously COVID happened. Um, we had to take finance out for, for that year, uh, which we are now paying back. And every time it goes out of the account every, every month, I'm like, Oof. <laughs> but it did allow us to, not, not, I wouldn't say it allowed us to grow, but allowed us to maintain and it allowed us now to be able to scale up a little bit. And we're not talking masses amounts, you know, we're not talking some of these businesses that turn over multi million pounds. We're not there. I'm a very small, medium, risk averse person. Um, so the business as well, but it, it's stable. The business is in a very stable. Um, are we looking for finance going forward? Um, possibly, but. If I can get around not getting finance, then I will do that. So there are ways. I'm actually, you know, make it my mission to try and find ways of getting what the things that we need without getting loans and things like that in or financing. So there are other ways. You just got to think a little bit more and have conversations with people. Um, And that point about conversations with people so Mm. we've already touched upon the fact that and you've talked about um working with my my now colleague lee Lee, who in her earlier days um worked on the prince's trust enterprise program and you've had uh, brilliant support from those Mm. and then when the business was growing you came onto the natwest accelerator program so tell me why they were so pivotal to you and what do you think is the importance as a business founder? We know it can be a really lonely place. Mm. Why is it important for somebody starting and scaling a business to look outside of themselves for support? I think there's two ways that a business owner can can do business ownership. Um, you can either think you know it all, um, and that, that won't get you very far, um, or you can actually take on board advice from people that have actually been there before or have known other people have done it before now then you know the accelerator program was really good for me because I remember I was 20 I was 24 so you're talking now three years into the business and I thought I had made it I was you know driving my little Mercedes A class and thinking I knew it all and and when I was on the accelerator program my god it really humbled me because I'm living in a in a small I, I thought it was big fish in a small pond in Swansea and then I went up to Cardiff at the accelerator and I thought oh I actually didn't know um some of the questions some of the some of the words um like acquisition I was like I don't know what that is and sometimes I'm still googling stuff but I think the accelerator gave me a really good um basis to plan and to be accountable to someone else because I think mm-hmm. you know if you let me loose and I'm not accountable to anything I'll, I'll just go off and lose sight of what it is I need to be doing um, but also as well I didn't come from a family of business owners you know 
my my family didn't go to uni my family's not for money so i needed i needed to get a peer group that was on my level with conversations that i needed to have that they'd be able to understand because yeah it can get quite isolating it can um but there's always someone out there i think in the accelerator or even in princess trust you know you literally pick up the phone and lee she's been a godsend because I, I ring lee and i'm like oh this has happened and i'm not quite sure what it means and you know i remember going limited and i had the hmrc letter through and it's very official and it says you're now the director of and they give you a certificate and you don't actually quite know what that means like what and you're constantly thinking oh my god am i go you know am i going to go to prison am i going to prison am i am i tax 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 so i remember thinking about what do i need to do and you know things like getting a really good accountant mm -hmm. um again a really good you know solicitor terms and conditions things like that like i didn't know that you needed these things but having the support you can definitely get good advice that can help you grow in a more chilled way you know that's what i think it, it did for me as well and you mentioned there about uh, being surrounded by other people in a similar situation. Mm. And your new business, the Business Hub, yeah. is designed to create exactly that environment for other founders, isn't it? It's designed to give them that peer-to-peer -peer support. Yeah. Uh, so why do you think that that is um, such an important thing? Why have you actually started a new business offering it? I think when I was young, I mean, I'm 30, I'm going to be 32 next year, right? So I started this a decade ago. And in your 20s, you are just like, I mean, if you think about what you were like in your 20s, you know, I, I cringe sometimes at some of the things I've done, that even the videos I've made. I'm like, oh, God, you know, why did I say that? But I think the important thing is, is having someone who can support you, not just on good days, in bad days. And what I found was when I was networking, I've networked my socks off. I've got a large network. I'm really proud of that network. But one thing that was missing was there was no safe space for me to say, I'm having a really bad month. I cannot afford to pay this. I can't even afford to pay petrol in my car. There was no safe space or no one I could really ring because, you know, you feel shame, you feel embarrassed, you feel like you're not good enough. But I didn't realise at the time that I was sitting next to someone in the exact same position. But because we were all like, yay, go business, you know, because we were all like that, I didn't understand that they're going through exactly. So what I've done is I wanted to open the space so that we do have people there, you know, that can support during the good times and during the in the bad. So, you know, we, we've got... Um, accountants there we've got any you know we've got insolvency practitioners there if, if that's what you need because people think oh my god you know what 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 are my next steps good or bad what are my next steps and I just think it's really important to have a safe space where you can actually do that um and yeah they're a great bunch I mean the the business hub is is just you know we've got three pillar approach include inform inspire those are the three pillars um, and it's making networking more inclusive as well you know so I don't know don't mind what your pronouns are you, you come in down don't care what disability you've got you come in down so we are actually making it more accessible for people to network as well one of the biggest things was we start our networking at half past nine after the school run because a lot of my female friends in business even males if they you know single dads were saying I can't make it okay easy we'll, we'll do it after the school runs so you're not rushing here then everywhere you know it's accessible so yeah but it's good I enjoy it fantastic so it's been a you know an evolution hasn't it starting oh, yeah. from that very initial you know idea with that one client that your you know, friend that says can you help me to so here you are now second business set up 10 mm. years 10 years in Seven years. Seven years. Eight years with social butterfly, and sort of you know, you'll get to that ten years very, very soon. Yeah, let me tell you. Um, so, so what what's the next phase for you? Do you think you're obviously still really incredibly passionate? You're still growing the business. Yeah. What what's the next phase of growth? Do you think for for not only for social butterfly but also for business of Wales? Um, so we've got growth plans, and I'm really excited because um, you know we've we've grown it very steadily and organically. And I think sometimes people think they need to make this turnover within three years. And you know, I'm not a boom or bust person. Slower, slow, and and also it takes me ages to learn something. So for instance, my accountant, I will ring him several times a month asking where my tax year is, even though I know exactly where, I, he's told me a million times, but I'm a slow learner and a slow burner because I've got to learn things in my own time. So um, the growth plans for Social Butterfly, we are going to be growing and expanding services next year. We're expanding the team. Um, we're looking at more ways to automate the business as well. So using more tech and things like that. So I'm very excited for that. 
with the business hub we've just had a, we're not even within the first year is in March that's you know it's going to be a year old and we've just spent the year having a lot of fun and working out what works what doesn't work um, so we've got a solid idea now and also as well you know it's Christmas time for us is great because we get to analyze the data from the year so in in terms of that but we're not stopping we're not slowing down um, but for me personally it's about personal growth so I'm going to be starting a master's in January now in business because I feel like I just want to do that um, but also self-care it's taking more time for, for me organizing my day a little bit better you know um, because I think you can get ramroded into business you you're waking up at eight before you've even had a chance to make a coffee you're on the phone or emailing someone back and before you know it you're back in bed gonna sleep and you're like what you know sorry dog I haven't walked you or you know so, you know so it's, it's about self-care and also as well you know I'm, I'm happy where I'm at in terms of um, my personal development, but I do think a lot of times a lot of businesses, business owners will neglect themselves. So next year for me, it's uh, I'm going to be saying no a lot, and I can't wait. Can't wait for that, you know, to say no. I love that, yeah, because you're right, you know, especially like you were saying at the beginning of your journey, it was like, yes, 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 I'll take you, I don't <laughs> no. care. Have you got a pulse and a, 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 and a wallet with some money in it? I yes, I will I will help you. Uh, and you're right, as you mature as a leader, you know, knowing the right opportunities mm. to pick and, and having the courage to say no is, is really important. And it sounds like, you know, you've... You, you've got to a point in your career where still lots more growth to come, but feels like you're quite comfortable in your own shoes yeah. from what you're saying and yeah. that you're very self-aware mm. around around kind of, you know, what you're good at, where you need help and, and that personal development side. So, you know, if you think about where you started out and where you are now, how have you changed, do you think, as a business owner during that time? Oh, massively. I don't, I, I think... I think, as I was saying to you before, I think when when you're younger, you kind of feel like you've got a bit more to prove and, you're, you know, you've got a lot more energy. I mean, I'm only 30, but I can't believe the business is how old it is because it makes me feel older than what I am. But, um, you know, when you're younger, you just don't really care and you, you're just very like, right, you know, just go around, go, go around. But I think now, as I'm developing personally, things are becoming more important to me. So spending time, and the, the cheesy thing to say as well, but spending time with my friends and family, it doesn't matter what happens in my working day, I will always make sure I touch point with at least one of my friends. And, you know, the, the development time I've taken out to every Wednesday, I was telling you I have therapy every Wednesday without fail. The guy's a genius. Um, because it's working out why my why my brain does or what what my patterns are um i've struggled with mental health that's something i really needed to address massively because it was going to ruin my life it was going to ruin my life um you know and there's been a couple of of, of stages where i thought oh god right we need to pull this back a little bit so having the therapy there just to offload to someone who is not part of your world so hasn't got an opinion doesn't need an opinion just can and actually can reframe and i think a lot of the times people get stuck in their heads, but as, as soon as you can reframe it, a problem isn't as big as what it is. So I think that personal growth for me has been a lot of not reacting, sort of stepping back and going, reframe, reframe, and then it's, it's become a lot easier. So yeah, I'm a lot more kind of comfortable, but also I'm very aware I've now got a team of people that is looking at me to lead and to be, so you know, I've got one of my girls, she's kind of a workaholic, and I'm having to really have the conversations about you need to stop work and if you know I put a thing in now that if she emails me after five o'clock I won't be talking to her for two days so she's actually you know there's things in place now where it actually stops her from becoming a workaholic or I'll, I'll send her to you know I'll send her to an occupational health if you do this this is what's going to happen because I think that self-care has just got to be number one because how can you be a pillar you know for people when you're leaning if people are leaning on you you're do you know what I mean? You need to be a strong pillar, and the only way you can do that is by looking after yourself and making yourself as strong as possible. So, yeah, you know, I love that. You know, I mean, my background's in the travel industry, so the analogy I always use is, you know, when you get on the aircraft and they do the safety briefing and they say, you know, put your own oxygen mask yeah. on first. That's exactly it. Mm -hmm. It's exactly it. And you're so right because there are so many business owners or or if even if you're in a corporate role you know and you've got a big busy job you know if you're at NatWest or wherever you mm. are there's a lot of pressure and you can often get railroaded you get stuck in your own head what do people think what's expected of me you know or oh, I should be doing more should be doing xyz and I think it's really great that you've taken stock and you've acknowledged that you know actually no I do need some help and this is this is your way of being the best version of yourself and, mm. and helping you with that support was there a catalyst for you to get the counseling 
or was it just something that you kind of got to a natural understanding that it was going to be helpful for you? I've always tried to get help for my mental health. Um, I think that, you know, a, a large conversation, another conversation could be had about the state of like mental health support. Um, and I've been trying to get help since I was, a, you know, a teenager. So it's nothing new to me. But I have tried every counsellor, every therapy group, every session, group session, and nothing seemed to work for me because, um, you know, I was going down the wrong, it, I was getting diagnosed with the wrong types of things. Um, so then when COVID happened, oh, I had a complete natural mental breakdown, mm-hmm. you know, but it's not to say that I haven't had burnouts in, in you know, burnout's a real thing. I mean, every six months I was trying getting burnt out, but during COVID, I just completely lost the plot um to be honest and yeah and I was looking online and um I was like right okay I need to commit to this the only the only issue I had wasn't an issue but I'm paying privately for this and if anyone's paying privately for therapy you know that it's not just not cheap I would never have been able to do that before because I didn't have I didn't have the money to do it you know I was paying my bills so now I have got the money it's the two, two, two non-negotiables in my life. And I, I, it is the therapy in the gym. Um, obviously, I haven't been to the gym the last couple of months, but I am going back. But it's the, the therapy I know and I can tell. I can tell when I've not been to therapy for two weeks and when I have been to therapy for two weeks. Because I'm, when I'm not in therapy, I'm like a wound up clock, you know. And I'm like, and my therapist said to me, you know, because I was like, right, I've got to go because I've got to send this email. And he said, right, what's going to happen if you don't send this email? And I said oh, well, you know, the business is going to fail and everything is going to go wrong. And I said, is that really? I said, because your client is sitting there having food with his kids. I don't think he's really bothered if you send this email or not. And I was like, oh my God, you're so right. When you realise that no one, no one is thinking about your business 24-7 the way you are, marketing for them is an afterthought or a thing that they think about, you know, when, when they see that they haven't had social media hits or whatever, you know, people to their website. That's when they think about it. They don't think about it morning, noon and night. So me sending an email is not going to, it's not going to make a blind bit of difference because they don't respond to me anyway for four days. So do you know what I mean? It's like, well, actually, yeah, nothing's going to collapse if I take a week off because no one cares about marketing as much as me. (laughs) So, you know, so I think it's that kind of, that kind of mentality is, you know, you've got to realise that no one actually cares as much as you, you know, that's important. You said uh, something a couple of minutes ago, Amy, about which I thought was a, a brilliant analogy where you talked about being a strong pillar and if you're the mm. leaning pillar and other people are leaning on you, then something's going to give. Mm. Um, and that um, brings me to something I want to ask you about uh, in terms of relatable role models. So... Um, You are familiar, I know, with the Rose River of Female Entrepreneurship, which is a a report that looks at the barriers Mm. that typically face women when they're starting and scaling a business. And one of the main barriers um, that that report identifies is a lack of relatable role models. So we can all name these really high flying um, business women who have gone on to sort of conquer the world. But realistically, do they... Um, chime with our lives? Probably not. Uh, so the report is saying, you know, we we need more people that we can look at and say, yeah, she's like me. Um, and you also said earlier, you know, self-employment wasn't a thing in your early life. Mm. So I'm guessing you probably had a lack of those role models, but but now you are one. So I, I know you're a role model for Big Ideas Wales and also for Business Wales, the business support service um, in Wales. How important have role models been to you in your journey and how important is it for you to be a role model? I think it's really important for you to have role models in two contexts because it's very important to have role models that you can resonate with. Um, but also as well, there are people, you know, the, the amount of people I've, I've heard talking and thinking, oh, actually, I don't want to be like that. Or I don't want a business like that. Or I don't want, you know, because it's not a one size fits all. And all of all of my friends from from home, they say, oh, my God, you've done so well. And, you know, they big me up with this pedestal. And I'm like, well, listen, I haven't done anything you cannot do. Like, why can't you do this? I, I always have conversations with one of my friends. She's dying to go self-employed. Well, why can't you do that? Oh, well, because I've got kids and I've got this. You're probably better, better suited to be self-employed right now um, than than you ever have been, you know. Um, and one of the things that I'm doing at the moment is I'm actually hiring um, a lot of uh, freelancers that 
Uh, maybe I've got two at the moment. Kelly, one of my girls, she she started, she was working in a nursery. She's got three children and she wanted to be self-employed, but she couldn't. And I said, OK, well, I'll, I'll train you up then. And now she's working nearly enough full time for me. And she loves it because she's still self-employed. She gets to do know everything that she wants to do. But I think that, you know, you need the people to and this is why it's it's very important for me to give back on this and this is why I'm a big advocate of it is because you know I didn't really have many women role models unless as you said they were you know very unrelatable I mean I've never been to uni either so I didn't really have that experience so there's no one really from where I am that I, I could really resonate with and I've got to be honest even now thinking of it I can't even think of one person that's probably like me, women, that's done it. Um, so yeah, you know, I think I think it is really important um, because it, it gives you a it gives you a kind of comfort blanket when you need it because you will have the most ludicrous questions that you think, oh my god, I sound like an absolute crazy person for asking this, but did you experience this or what shall I do about that? And you know, you don't want to go to someone who's going to be. I remember asking someone a question about. Um, you know, the, ent the entities, whether I should go limited or not. And they were laughing at me and because I didn't know what LTD stood for. I didn't know. I literally didn't know. And I remember thinking, do you know, one day someone's going to ask me this question and I'm going to tell them, well, what it stands for is this. I'm not going to make them feel small. Um, and in fact, someone did ask me last year and I went, it is limited. That's all it stands for. Um, and, you know, I think it's very important to, for you to have those role models. Um, I love that story about your your freelancer Kelly and how mm. you know she's made that leap from working in a nursery and now doing something that mm. presumably supports sort of her her life better and her family life better. Um, you said you trained Kelly up. Um, another barrier that we typically see that women um, will will say faces them is a lack of skills, but. Really interestingly, they say they don't think they've got the right skills to be self-employed. It isn't that they haven't got the right skills, they just don't think they have. In your experience, how important is it that we start to recognise we've got masses of transferable skills? Transferable skills are the most underrated thing, that is the most important thing. Um, I remember, you know, now I look back, the best job I ever had was in hairdressing. I got so many transferable skills from hairdressing, like, you know, um, customer service, that kind of, you know, make I make a cracking cup of tea. Um, but also <laughs> as well, yeah, like the transferable <laughs> skills. And like, you know, Kelly's got, and, and not just Kelly, I've got another girl um, that's, that's doing it as well. But like mums, if you've got kids, I haven't got kids right now, but my God, women with kids have so much transferable skills they, they do work in their sleep, literally. I'm sure, I don't know how. And this is, it, it, it actually makes me think, oh, my God, like, how do they do it all? Because, you know, they're always on time. You've got to get your kids to school on time. You've got to get them dressed. You've got to look presentable. You've got to cook food. You've got to do all... So you're actually doing a lot of things that is required in the role that Kelly's doing now in terms of, you know, time management. Um, and in terms of skills as well, what skills do you actually need? Because if you need a particular skill you go out and get that skill it's a course nine times out of ten people think they need to go to uni and they need to have this big degree to to do whatever no if there's something like obviously you know I've needed to know a little bit about social media and I've needed to know a little <laughs> I don't know at all um but I've been on a lot of courses a lot of short courses you know and then if if I'm hiring people for a particular job you know the beauty of social media it's always changing so there's always a lot to learn um but in terms of skills the biggest skill I have is delegation so the biggest skill I have is the ability to say I can't do it and this is this is for you um you know because without that I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing and without my team I wouldn't be able to do the, you know what I'm doing so I think that it's really important to notice that you know each and every one has transferable skills you've just got to pick it out and actually write it down I think when once you start writing down I think we're all we're always you know very critical of ourselves thinking of the things we can't do but actually look on a day-to-day -day basis what have you done today that this actually helped you in in your life you know sometimes I'm always late for things I've been working on that this year so every day I'm like I was on time I was like even if it's a minute I'm on time great you know but the transferable skills I think are is something that everyone needs to look at 
there's no book for business. You, you know, it's fantastic. I was li- just as you were talking, Amy. I, I'm kind of smiling to myself because I'm thinking, right, okay. You know, we've always got, we're always juggling, aren't we? You know, and I was thinking business and in life actually. I would say you've got to be a bit like a helicopter, right? Because you've got to be up here hovering, looking at the horizon, mm. the strategy, dealing with the big clients, raising finance. But then you've got to know when to land, get stuck in, roll your sleeves yeah. up, you know. And and actually, being a leader is also about knowing what your strengths are, but also hiring really smart people mm. that, that that really are better at doing a lot of things that you're yeah. not. You don't have to know everything. Oh, I don't know anything. I, I say I say I don't know anything. I do know. Obviously, I do know stuff now. But it's funny because we we sell websites, and my clients will t- try and talk to me about you know the in depth coding of a website. And I'm saying this, and I, I'm so honest with them. And like, I would love to talk to you about this. But if I, if I touch the coding on your website, I can guarantee it will not be working in an hour. So yeah. let me speak to Tom or let me speak to someone that does know. Um, and also as well, one of the uh, people think, and I, I, you know, business, life, life in general is stressful. But my therapist said to me, and this is something I always think about is, you could have multi-million pound turnover business or you could have a small business. You will experience the same amount of stress on both. So why not try? You know, you're going you're gonna to be stressed in life anyway. So why not do the thing that's going to make you happy? Because you're not going to be any less stressed or any more stressed. It's going to be exactly the same. So, you know, you may as well just try it. Yeah, that's great advice. And, and I think also when you're in business, you know, sometimes people... A surprise when there's a problem, right? And actually, you know, I'm surprised if there's not. Used, get used to it. exactly. Get used to it. Things that things are going to go wrong. You're going to mm. fail at stuff. That's okay. Yeah. Um. You know. So I think I think that sort of self awareness and and as you were saying earlier, mm. working on yourself is 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 really important. And I just want to loop back around on the social media point because you know. We do live our lives, a lot of people, in this sort of goldfish bowl of social media mm. where, you know, the outside image looks perfect behind it. could be a bloody car crash going mm. on. So social media can be a force for good and it can drive business and, you know, share ideas and et cetera, et cetera. But it can also be challenging as well. So the flip side. And for you with your business, social, butterfly, marketing, clearly social media is massively important for your clients. Yeah. But I know for you personally, you've made some choices around how much you put yourself out on social media. So can we talk about this sort of, you know, opposite ends of the the perspective that Mm -hmm. you have personally, but also at the same time having to be very plugged into that world because for your clients' benefit? Mm. I'm very um, obsessed is the word I was. I got an obsessive uh, personality when it comes to social media, for good and for bad. So I'll become obsessed looking at data for clients, which is a really good thing, and so I should be, I think. Um, so we've always pivoting, moving, etc. Um, that's data. But I can also become very obsessed with scrolling. And what happens then is a little voice, a little part of me will go, oh, we're not doing good enough. We don't look like this and we're not doing this. And, you know, and then you scroll again and, oh, look at the perfect family with a picket white fence and the horse in the field. And we haven't got that. And, you know, so it's very, 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 I've got to be, every single day, I've got to be super aware. And I've got to be super aware. So I've turned everything on my phone so that it tells me how much screen time, what apps I've got, because I need to, I'm obsessed with data, right? So every Sunday it'll say, your screen time's gone up. And I'm like, right, what have I been looking at? Now, if I've been on Instagram, I then look and I I journal. So I then look and think, oh yeah, well, yeah, I feel like crap this week because I have been online looking at things that aren't actually proven a purpose for me. It's not making me feel good. It's making me feel like I'm not good enough. Um, So I've got to be so aware for me mentally. It's just some people are more susceptible to it than others. And I get that. Um, But I fill my feed up with. So what I did was I did an Instagram cull where I culled everything. And then I just started following really um, more inspirational things. I follow a lot of dog things because I'm a dog obsessed. But it's it's I changed what I was seeing. Um, You know, it's less about bodies and beauty and all that kind of thing it's more about um you know mindset and you know and on this subject as well there's some really toxic mindset coaches out there online now as well so I've had to unfollow those and find more so it's evolving um and making sure that I'm comfortable in the space online and I think that you know it's very important for me to have a break from online as well very important for me in that that sense very interesting and I think food for thought for all of us there as um yeah the world just uh is taken over by online mm. isn't it um so 
I'm going to ask you a question now that I think might make you a little bit uncomfortable, but um, I know you've won lots of awards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which normally would be a massive cause for celebration. Yeah. So you've been Rising Star of the, of the Year at the 2019 Swansea Women in Business Awards, um, and y you've won so many of them. Now, very often women struggle to even put themselves forward for awards. So I can tell you're uncomfortable <laughs> talking about yeah, no. But you have put yourself forward and yeah. you've won. Yeah. So tell us about what that has done for you, but really importantly, what has that done for the business? Yeah, so the awards are only for the business. I will say this. I am not a I you can ask anyone, I'm just built. I'm an introverted extrovert and I think that I like being behind the scenes, I like being behind the camera. So all this is very new uh, for me and um, it's important though that I do it I get it but the awards give my business such a good platform and because I put it on LinkedIn last week that it was marketing is becoming such, such a saturated business because so many people are popping up and be like I want to do social media I do and you know to get the quality and this is why we're, we're doing like a freelancer course so they can come and work with us is um you know, we need to be seen as credible. We need to be seen as trustworthy. We are a limited company in our own right. We've been going nearly, you know, about eight years, nearly a decade. So we know our stuff. Having awards um, can really, really elevate the PR. So, you know, the, the PR is massive. Um, but personally, I, I kind of made a I kind of made a deal with myself that uh, we won't be putting uh, my I won't be putting myself into any awards where you've got to pay for it. I think that that for me is really just like, you know, like I'm not going to, I want to be seen for awards that are recognised and that other people choose and I'm not having to pay for a massive table to go at. Um, but, you know, if that's what you need to do to elevate, there's no thing, but I'm just at a different stage where I find that paying for awards is, is just really like, oh, no, I wouldn't do that. It doesn't sit right with me. Um, and but I do find that it's important um, but what the way I'll be doing it now is in terms of PR is I'll be doing more things like this so next year the biggest plan is to do more podcasts and to do more role model stuff and to get my name out there in other ways uh, the business itself will be doing more digital awards so um, yeah but it is it is important I think um, to, to get yourself out there. Yeah, and get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I'm always uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm always... Uh, one of the things I've had to learn is back in the day, I didn't like change, which is a wrong thing for me to be doing because when you're in business, you've got to get used to change. You've got to be, get used to being uncomfortable. And in fact, I feel more uncomfortable now being comfortable than I do the other way around. And I'm happy with that. So that's fine. I love that. That's, yeah. that's great. Being uncomfortable when you're comfortable yeah. fab that's, yeah. a, that's a great um, mantra to take forward yeah. I think because I always feel like what's gonna what's why what why a bit suspicious of yeah it. I am very suspicious of, of the quiet nice sort of because I constantly feel like I need to be doing a little bit more <laughs> and I'm learning to enjoy it a little bit but I do think that I've still got a bit left in the tank yet so I can push a little bit more you know and you've already touched upon your, your plans for 2024. Yeah. Um, you're starting your master's mm. uh, and you've talked there a little bit about some of the plans for the business. What, what are the main plans and hopes for, for, for Amy going forward, but also for the two different businesses? Um, how are you going to grow those businesses? If you could write your sort of 10-year vision, um, what would be the main uh, thing? No. <laughs> um, and that's, that's great, girl. No, 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 no. I, I don't think I'm going to be ever one to, to retire I like working me and my dad are exactly the same like that you know he's, he's way past retirement age he's still going I, I will still I just love work I just I do I enjoy it if there's a day that I don't enjoy it and maybe it turns into a week that'll change um the main plans this year has been an interesting year for for me because I've been getting to grips you know I said at the right at the beginning that finance and money was always a kind of relationship barrier I'd say so I've been working with Lee uh, from NatWest and um, I'm getting, I've been learning more and I've been diving into spreadsheets a little bit more and getting my confidence up there. So next year we're going to be continuing to do that, um, learning about finances, learning new words that happen with finances like VAT, 
something tax rate that I'm now going on. See, I only did it yesterday, still need to learn. Um, but yeah, so next year is going to be about getting a little bit more serious about the growth in finance and taking more little bits of financial risk, not massive because I will probably not like it. Um, so that's that. The business hub is we're going to be new locations. Um, and I said to you earlier, it's possible franchise opportunities in 10 years time, uh, well, within 10 years, hopefully. Um, but we're just looking at growth. For me, it's, as I said, self-care. This is my number one priority for next year. The word no is going to be used a lot and people are going to be, I think I've, I'm going from being people pleasing to being Amy pleasing. And I think that people are going to be quite shocked when I turn around and say no. Uh, but I'm all right with that. I'm comfortable because sometimes saying no is probably the best thing. You. I love this, you know, and, and you can just, well, you've got great energy, Amy, you know, Thanks. you can see, no, you really have, and you're very self-aware and you, you, you're very real and mm. but you're, you're, you're excited about the future and just mm. this constant kind of, you know, desire to learn something new. Mm. Um, and you, you, you describe yourself as a slow learner and, and, you know, I, I think you've probably been very harsh on yourself because actually that's often quality and depth and, you know, we're all different. We're all mm. perfectly imperfect is what I say, mm. you know? So I love that. I love that fact. But, you know, when you think about your journey what what have you learned most about yourself do you think um through all of this I think that uh we do a lot of work with like my younger self so I am always conscious of now being the woman that my younger self needed I think that's very important and I think it's just being very proud I mean you know I'm not an example shining light every single day I do have my moments you know, but they're less now than what they were in my 20s, which is good. But I think that how I've developed is I'm not so worried about what other people think anymore. In fact, I couldn't care less. In fact, I'm actually, you know, doing things on purpose sometimes so that I'm, I'm <laughs> doing something on my own, a uniqueness. But I think that one thing I have developed is a sense of contentment, which I've never felt before. And I, it's, I'm glad I felt it now because I think that you know, people a lot older than me never feel like this. And I think it's because I'm, I've done the work, I'm doing the work. And doing the work, by the way, is hard. Mm. Doing the work is hard, especially when you've got businesses, but it's so important because it elevates it all. The reason I'm going to uni next year, and people are like, why are you going to uni? You've already got two businesses. And I've never gone to uni because I missed out on that experience because I was too busy trying to pay my bills. Mm. And it's not going to be the uni experience of me going to Freshers Week and all that. But it's because I feel... Um, when I look back when I was doing schoolwork and I looked at my GCSEs, I thought to myself, now I had a lot going on in my personal life, which had a knock-on effect to why, you know, I had all my GCSEs, whatever, but I just thought, well, what would have happened if I didn't? What would have happened? What results would I have got? And, you know, is it because of my teachers that I didn't enjoy these subjects? Is it because it's because you do start asking these questions? And is it, so the subject that I'm going into is I'm very interested in business. I'm very interested in it. I can talk about it all day. I'm fascinated by it. It's mad. We're all nuts, right? So, but I think to myself, well, I'm going to do this for me to prove to little me that you can and you are doing great stuff and you can achieve it and you're not to listen to anyone who says you can't. Mm -hmm. I remember one maths teacher that told me I wouldn't get a GCSE and I did. But I just think that I'm proving it to myself that, you know, you don't have to do life in a certain way for it to be great. You know, you can still go back and do things. You can still be, you know, you can still do it in whatever way you want. Even if you're 50, start a business. Even if you're 60, start a business. Go, go and do your master's. If you want to do a doctorate, go and do it. You know, there's ways now. We live in such a world right now. Wales is, Wales is probably the best country that you can be self-employed in. I, for me, we're very forward-thinking and everything. There's a lot of support available. Um, so, yeah, so that's for me. It's, it's just being more developing contentment. Yeah, fantastic. And I love that. You're right. No, but, yeah, it doesn't have to be a linear journey, does mm, it? You know, no. there's lots of different paths we can take. And I think that's fantastic advice, actually, for anyone that's listening that might think they have to follow a certain route and it's one step after another. No, you can actually, you know, go in lots of different directions and loop back round and then two steps forward, yeah. one step back, whatever it might be. And I, I love that fact. But, you know, when you look back, is there anything that you would have done differently with hindsight? Because it, there's lots of things that have happened to you in your life that ironically you've kind of utilized and has become your superpower yeah. probably so I'm always interested in in would you keep it that way or are there things that you would choose to do differently if, if you had your time again um 
I, I battle with this question myself because I think that, well, there are things, but then no, because I wouldn't be the way I am today. And who I am today, I really like. I really like. Um, you are, I think everyone thinks like, oh, well, if I took a different path, what would it be? Um, but I haven't taken that path. So I don't think there's anything I would have done. No, there's nothing I would have done different, actually. I'm actually really proud of what I've done to get to where I am. And, you know, I, I'm a very small fish in a big pond, I suppose. But I like being a small fish. And I like, I, I never, you know, I'm not chasing. I think one of the biggest things that people get wrong in business is they chase the money. Oh, God, no, don't chase the money. Just make yourself happy first and then the money will drip in after. Um, but no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe if I had money, I would have gone to therapy a little bit earlier. Um, that's like been game changing for me. Um, but no, I think I would have done... Because I've, I've taken all the advice possible, you know. I've actually milked it. I remember when I got to 25, because 25 was like a cut-off date where you, could, uh, you couldn't really get big ideas help or you you know there's there's certain things with princess trust and 25 mm. and I I like stayed on an extra year because I was born in August and they they all knew I was milking the advice because I didn't <laughs> want to leave um so no I I, I wouldn't change anything now no yeah no that's good that's great to hear you know absolutely fantastic to hear and you know it's been a busy year You've had lots of busy years, all the years leading up to <laughs> yeah. this, and I'm sure the next year will be, you know, busy and crazy and yeah. full of fun and excitement as well. But if you were to describe this year in one word, what would it be and why? I think fast or energetic. I know I only allowed one. But <laughs> I, I've always said to people this year, it's the first year since COVID where everyone's got their buzz back. Like, everyone's busy. Everyone's kind of, like, progressing. And no matter how big or small their plans were... Everyone seems to be like, you know, they haven't got normally, you know, you ring someone, they've got like time for a 10 minute chat with me and then we talk about the world, but they haven't had that. And I haven't had that. And I just think, yeah, this is the first time since COVID. I remember sitting there thinking, I'm never going to be able to, you know, have meetings with anyone again. You know, it was really bad, like really tough. And I think that this year has really proven that, you know, we're still, we're not, we're not out, you know, we knock us down when we are like getting really busy again so I think that and I can't believe it's Christmas because I remember thinking at the beginning of the year right this is my plan we've executed that it's all happened my accountant's happy you'd be glad to know um <laughs> so yeah so we saw him yesterday and I thought to myself geez you know it was this time last year I was sitting in the office going oh god not another year I haven't got the energy for it but it, this year has really been I think other people has motivated me mm. so yeah yeah, fantastic. And, you know, you're right. When you surround yourself with the right people, oh. amazing things can, can happen. Mm. So in, in, in line with that, you'll have had loads of advice over the years. Mm. Some of it good, some of it less good, you know. And, and the great thing is you can choose what you do with advice, right? Mm. But can you think of any standout advice or points of inspiration that you've had which has really kind of resonated with you? Yeah. So uh, when I was, like, 18... So this is going back, I, know, I, was, I was probably one of the first people to like start with all these like self-help books and you know, a bit of Eckhart Tolle and Power Now and all this, and my friends thought I was mad. One of, one of the quotes that I read, it wasn't advice, but it's a quote that I use nearly every single day, all the time, is Jim Rohn said, um, if you don't like something, change it, you are not a tree. And um, I don't know why, but I use that nearly every day. If there's something in business that I don't like or maybe a conversation that I haven't agreed with or, you know, because you do get a lot of that as well. I'm constantly going, I'm not a tree. I am not a tree. Like, I do not need to do this. I don't, if I don't like this, I can change it. You know, and that's whether it's, you know, there has been times in business where I'm like, I don't like it. Okay, well, you can change it. What do you want to do? And then I always, I always do it, like get back to business, but it's the way I do it how I want to do something is, yeah, I'm not a tree. I am not a tree. I do not have to stay. And this is what people in life think. And I think a lot of women think it. I think they, they, they think, right, this is my role now. I'm wife, mum, whatever. This is my role. And that's it. And they want to change it and they can change it. So yeah, that's my advice is if you don't like something, change it because you are not a tree. <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. Absolutely love it. And where, before we, I ask my last question, where can people find you, Amy? Where's, where can they hook up with you? Well, online. <laughs> Funnily enough, 
social media. Um, we've been really um, looking at platforms lately. So we're only on two platforms now. Um, so it's less saturated. So we're on Instagram and we're on um, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is one of my favorites. And you can also find us on the websites as well. So it's tsbm.uk and businesshub.wales. Fabulous. And we'll put all that in the show notes as well. And and, and not only for, obviously, for, for your businesses, Amy, but also for, for Nat yeah. West and, and anyone that wants to kind of connect as well with, with Gemma. So my last question, the podcast is called Brave, Bold, Brilliant, the three Bs. So when you hear that, Brave, Bold, Brilliant, what does it mean to you, Amy? I think that brave means, you know, making the decisions that could potentially change your life. That's being brave and actually doing it without any safety net behind you. So that's being brave. Being bold, just touched upon it there, is having the conversations that you might not want to have but need to have. I think that's, and and, and owning it, so owning it. And then being brilliant. For me, I think I'm brilliant at, wait wait for it now. So I think I'm brilliant at um, sharing knowledge and inspiring others. I think that I've got a, a duty, I almost feel like a duty of mine is to share the experience so you can make other people brilliant. You know, I think that if you've gone on a journey and it's not quite been so, that for me is brilliant. Um, so yeah, that's my brave, bold and, and brilliant. Oh, I love it. I, you know what? This has been a really unique episode, actually. The three of us sitting here having a, having a chat. Mm. So massive thank you to Amy. Massive thank you to you, Gemma, my fellow co-host. And um, yeah, listen, I mean, it just shows that whatever we do in life, it is by being brave, bold and brilliant that you're going to unlock your dreams. It is. Thank you both. Thank you. I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review.